Good evening. Welcome to Legacy Battle Podcast. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and join the Facebook group page. As always, we're looking for sponsors. Brian will put it on in his background over there. I'm Michael Adams, the creator of Legacy Battle. With me tonight from the Gridiron Battle Zone, Brian King. And we also have tonight a two-time Pennsylvania <laughs> high school state hockey champion, mm-hmm. Kyle Adams. Those are some bragging rights considering who you know we have as our special guest tonight. Our special guest, he won the 1985 NCAA College Hockey Championship, played eight years for the Buffalo Sabres, led the NHL in wins during the 89-90 season. He was nominated for the Vesna Trophy for best goaltender twice. Uh, had a brief stint with the Toronto Maple Leafs before being picked up by Tampa Bay. The Lightning, where he single-handedly took us to the playoffs for the first time ever. I know he might give credit to some of his other players, but it was totally him. Um, Sports Illustrated has him on the list of the 100 greatest goalies of all time. He's also the best realtor around, so check out Team Poopa. That's teampuppa.com. Ladies and gentlemen, NHL All-Star, Darren Poopa. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. (laughs) We're, We're really happy to have you. Just saying NHL All-Star kind of is just like a, a dream for me. So uh, we all played a lot of hockey in our days. So it's just really great to have you on. Um, so we're going to have the debate after. We'll have a, a, a short Q&A with uh, Darren about his career. And tonight's debate is Sid the Kid, Sidney Crosby, versus Alexander the Great, Alexander Ovechkin. And we're going to dive right into this tonight and, and get it going. Um Brian, I'm going to start with you tonight, and uh, we'll go all around. Darren, I'm going to come to you a lot, of course, but um, we'll go to Brian first. So what can you tell us about, uh, let's do Sidney Crosby, uh, before he came to the NHL? Well, before he came to the NHL, um, in 2004, uh, he was part of the World Junior Champs, um, and he turned out at age 16, he was the youngest player to score a goal in that tournament ever. Uh, so that was pretty tremendous. Then in uh, – and they, they went on to win the gold. So then in 2005, he ends up winning the Memorial Cup Finals. Uh, so as a junior, he was one – he was one heck of a player, a heck of a prospect. And then, of course, in 2005, the uh, the Penguins, who were a rebuilding franchise at that point in time, um, they were looking for somebody to, to build their team around. They were really, really devoid of talent. They had the number one pick, and they went with Sidney Crosby. And, uh, you know, you could definitely say it turned out pretty well. Absolutely. Kyle, what, what are your thoughts there on uh, Crosby's early years? God, I remember uh, I was actually at a hockey camp in the summertime, and I remember the Pens getting that lottery draft pick. And uh, he single-handedly changed everything in Pittsburgh. Uh, it was like a sweep of everyone just loving the Penguins again. Uh, He really honestly changed uh, a generation. Uh, When you talk about a hockey player and him being a generational player, Sid is that player. There's a lot of great players, but Sid, in my opinion, is a generational player. He is one of the best. So Absolutely. And his father was a goalie. It was drafted by the Montreal Canadiens. Sydney was the only under-18 player on the uh, Canadian junior team. So that's a, it's a pretty big thing. Um, and he's led every team he ever played on in, in, in scoring at, at some point. Um, and, you know, he was compared to Gretzky and Bobby Orr before he came in the league. Uh, so he had a lot to live up to uh, before he came in. Uh, something I'm going to mention about Ovechkin, too, is that both these guys took over a franchise. So if there's anybody who knows anything about that, it's definitely going to be Darren down there. Um, so I wanted to ask you, I know, I believe it was 88, Tom Barrasso was on Buffalo. He gets traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And now all of a sudden you're in a, in a goalie battle to take over that spot. What, what kind of pressure is there taking over basically an entire franchise? Well, when you're uh, in the moment and you're living uh, the, the, the dream or – Playing in the NHL, you're not really uh, concerned about it. Uh, it was uh, definitely a trade that um, shook up Buffalo, shook up Pittsburgh, too. Um, I don't think anybody was expecting it. I wasn't expecting it. Um, I was having, you know, 
some good years there and, and starting to, to get comfortable in the NHL. Um, Tommy obviously came up with a great pedigree right out of uh, high school, 18 years old, winning Vesna. And, uh, you know, he was a face of the Buffalo Sabres there. And, uh, it was a huge trade uh, for the Sabres to, to get rid of him, you know. Um, and obviously he uh, paid dividends in Pittsburgh with uh, two Stanley Cups. Right. Right. Yeah. Change that for sure. So let's uh, let's move over to uh, Ovechkin. Early years. I'll I'll, I'll take this one. Um, so his mother, Alexander Ovechkin's mother, won two gold medals in basketball. I uh, was that was very interesting to find out. And his father was a soccer player. So a lot of athleticism um, coming from his family. Of course, that was on the, the Soviet era athletes. Um, but he was also number one pick, like Crosby, just the year before in 94. They didn't play in the NHL in 1994. Um, and something just very interesting that I found out that he was motivated to play by the death of his brother. Uh, Ovechkin was 10 years old when his brother died, and his brother was the one who taught him to play hockey. So that's uh, a heavy burden that he's probably carried with him his whole career, um, and he's turned out to be, obviously to be great. Um, like Crosby, uh, he's the youngest player to be on the Russian national team, um, played in the pro leagues over in Russia at 16 years old. And uh, just ironically, this is really ironic, Mario Lemieux was his favorite player and he was a Penguins fan. <laughs> so that I find that kind of incredible. Um, Brian, you got on anything on Ovechkin's early years? Yeah, well, at age 16 – um, you know, in the, uh, in the world juniors, he, he leads, uh, uh, Russia to a silver and he scored two hat tricks on, on the road to that. So, uh, you know, not only was he such a young player, uh, he made a great impact on that team as well. Yeah. Kyle, with that, um, the Calder trophy, their rookie year technically wasn't a rookie year for Alex, but it was, do you agree that it should have went to Ovechkin over Crosby? Yeah, I, I think so. I think at that time he was more mature. I think he was a more developed player. Um, and as you can see, after all these years, he's arguably the best goal scorer ever. Um, you know, that slap shot from that that circle, that, that, that dot on the right side there is – it can't be matched. Um, and, you know, something to ask Darren, you know, whenever you have a shooter that's that good – you know, how do you square up or how do you mentally prepare for that going into a game against a shooter like that? Uh, I had a few shooters like that in my day. Uh, Brett Hall was pretty good at, uh, <laughs> you know, at firing the puck, kind of similar, actually, with uh, as a goal scorer. My, I find, first faced uh, Brett in uh, college. He actually was playing for Minnesota Duluth, and we were playing in the NCAA Final Four, and that was the first glimpse I had of him and I didn't know who he was and uh, he took a slap shot on me and it really really surprised me barely saved it kept it out of the net luckily but uh, it was just on you before you can even react and I'm pretty sure Ovechkin would be the same way I didn't have the uh, I'm, I'm too old to have played with Ovechkin so uh, you know I missed out on Ovechkin and Crosby but uh, Mike Bossy I, I got a tail end of his career he was pretty good at uh, releasing the puck there yeah, and unfortunately for you, uh, Alexander McGillney was on your team, so you didn't have to face him and his shots. So. I had to face him every day. It was a lot tougher. <laughs> I had like a thousand shots in practice. <laughs> Go home fucking bruised every day. I had a couple of guys like that, too. LaFontaine could fight a puck, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. You were with Housley for one year as well, right? Housley, I was with uh, a bunch of years. Bunch of years? Okay, yeah. Uh, I was there my uh, rookie year until he got traded away. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. It's been a while how many years it was, but it was uh, it was for a while. Okay. Darren, who, who was Actually, you uh, the... my first year where I played some games in NHL was with uh, Gilbert Pro. So I got to know Gilbert a little bit, which was uh, kind of nice. Okay. He was kind of a hero growing up. Hey, Darren, I, I have one question. You know, out in your career, who was, who was the – 
the best shooter or the quickest release that you faced as a goaltender? Would you say it was somebody like a Brett Hall or would I, I, I mean, during your career, you had to have faced Mario or, or the likes of somebody of that caliber. Um, who was the, who was the toughest shooter you faced as a goalie? Uh, I think uh, Mario was probably the uh, toughest uh, all around player to uh, stop, you know, it seemed like he, he had a breakaway. Like every time I played him, he'd have two or three or four or five and, we lost a lot of games, like ten nothing, ten one, and we weren't uh, that good. And they were that good, and it was really tough to uh, play against them. He was he was just a pure goal scorer. He, he was so big, and the stick was so big. He, you know, you're facing him, but the puck is not where he is at all. Right. Okay, so let's let's move into um, the the playing years here for Crosby and Ovechkin. Um, and then we'll get into head and head after we do a little individual on each. But um, Kyle, why don't, why don't you start us off with with Crosby and his, uh, let's say, personal accolades? Uh, yeah. So um, you know, Crosby has, I want to say, was it two Art Ross trophies for um, the the best player in in the NHL? Um, and you know, in my opinion, it's well deserved. Um, you know, he could arguably be the best, I hate to call him this, but, you know, scrapper in the game around the, uh, the, the, the corners and behind the net. Uh, he is just a, a grinder. And whenever he has the puck on his stick, uh, he is, in my opinion, the, the, the most dangerous passer out there. Um, you know, Sid has, has scored 51 goals, I think, one time in his career uh, winning the, uh, the, the Mark Messier or the, sorry, the, uh, the Maurice trophy um, for the, the, the leading goal scorer. Um, so, you know, Sid's just an all around go, uh, goal scorer, hockey player uh, and, and leader, you know, the, the city of Pittsburgh loves him, And uh, I, I honestly, I, I envy the guy. So. What about you, Brian? Oh, well, you know, when you look at his, you look at his accolades. I mean, he he led the uh, NHL in points uh, two times. He led the NHL in goals twice, uh, assists once, and thirteen-time All-Star. Uh, I mean, that's out of fifteen seasons, that's pretty good. And the other two seasons, he was injured for most of them. Um, and, and of course, you know, I mean, being able to uh, go into postseason and, and lead the Penguins to to three Stanley Cups during his career um, is probably the accolade that he'd be the most proud of. And Crosby, he's had more adversity than Ovechkin. You know, the concussions obviously took a, a chunk of his career. Uh, Ovechkin's been healthy primarily since the day he came in. Um, but I also felt that Crosby's had more talented players um, through most of his career than what Ovechkin has. But, you know, Crosby's made the 2007 Time Magazine 100 Most Influential People. So that's that's a pretty big uh, accomplishment there. Um, and if, if I'm going to do some comparing, he's a plus 175 compared to Ovechkin's plus 82 on the plus minus. So that that's uh, actually more than doubles uh, Ovechkin, and that's a, a really important stat there. Um, and then we look at the, obviously the rookie of the year went to Ovechkin, but. Um, Kyle brought up the Art Ross trophies. He has two to Ovechkin's one. So, but uh, Darren, so I know you had a lot of back injuries later on in, in your career. Uh, you missed a, a lot of time because of that, much like Crosby. How hard is it for you to come back from an injury like that and, and be at your top game? Because Crosby's always seemed to be able to come back, and it's like he was never gone. Yeah, I came back uh, every year. Had back surgery, and I guess when you open you up, you never know what's going to what to expect. But uh, just never was right. It was never uh, perfect after that. You know, it would go, 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 go out, and it would uh, give me a lot of trouble. Um, I think as your back got weaker as as the year went on, you know, NHL is a grind. It's a grind of uh, 82 games, playoffs, and preseason. You you could be up to 100 and some games. And there's no days off. So, you know, it just took a toll on my back uh, after the surgery. It just uh, just never uh, got to where I could go 
100 games a year, I could probably go 40 and just kept blowing out on me. Playing goalie, did you, did you ever get a concussion? I mean, your head gets knocked around a lot, right? I think uh, back then it's called uh, just getting your bell rung, you know, shake it off and go back out there. You know, you'd be bleeding all over the place. You'd get little, little scars here and there, but uh, uh, we didn't call it concussion. No, we just uh, call it just a bell ringer and you go back out. And, uh, if you uh, let a few goals in, you get yanked. And right. maybe get sick a little bit and then go back out. We didn't really know anything about it back then. Were, were you in Buffalo when the, the, the Maller Chuck, was it Maller Chuck injury? Yeah, I shattered my arm over a goalpost uh, uh, just before that, and uh, uh, Buffalo made a trade from Larchuk and Grant Ledger. So uh, I was just sitting in the crowd because I had shattered my arm, and uh, I was kind of behind him when I saw that. It was kind of like uh, unbelievable. You couldn't really believe what you were seeing. But uh, we went down to the dressing room, and there was doctors everywhere. So the, the doctors came out of you know the stadium. There was, it seemed like. 10, 20, 30 of them just rushing down there to try to help out. And for any viewers who don't know, the uh, the, the Maller truck injury, basically he took a skate blade to the neck, sliced him wide open. One of the most gruesome things I've ever seen in hockey. Um, that's why a lot of the goalies wear the neck guards now. So <laughs> that's uh, been an added benefit. But let's uh, move on to Ovechkin. Um, Brian, why don't you start with Ovi? Wow, I mean, he's you know he's he led the NHL in points one time. Um, of course, you mentioned the the rookie of the year. He edged out Crosby in in two thousand and four. Uh, nine times he's led the NHL in goals. I mean, that's really tremendous. Um, never assists though, and in all fifteen of his seasons, he's been an All Star. Uh, it should be noted with all those goals, he's also led the NHL eleven times in shots as well. So he's I mean, he has no uh, reservations about letting it fly. Um, when kind of comparing the two guys during their careers, um, I took a look at three different things, uh, the goals per game, the assists per game, and the points per game. Now, goals per game, because I wanted to kind of give Crosby a little bit of, uh, you know, an adjustment since he missed so much time to injury. So goals per game, it's still going to be Ovechkin. 61, 61% of the time that you'd go to the rink and you'd watch Ovechkin, you're going to see him score. That's the 47 on Crosby. Uh, but assists per game, 81% chance you're going to see uh, you're going to see Crosby with an assist to only 49 um, with uh, Ovechkin. And points per game, 1.28 for Crosby um, is average points per game, and 1.11 for for Ovechkin. So still very impressive. That is, and um, in, in the playoffs, if you do playoff points. Ovechkin's uh, got a .96 points per game, where uh, Crosby's got 1.13. So Crosby leads him in that points per game there. Um, and then a, a big thing to look to is the first-team All-Stars. Ovechkin is an eight-time first-team All-Star, whereas Crosby's only a four-time. And then second-team All-Stars, they've both been four times. But I'm mean, granted, they play different positions, center and wing. Um, but that says that the top wing more than likely is Alexander Ovechkin, whereas the top center is not always Cindy Crosby. Now, those are always up for debate, but um, Kyle, what do you think about Ovi? You know, I, I, I learned to hate Ovi because I'm a Penguins fan, um, but I hate him for all the right reasons, I guess, if you're a hockey player and you respect the game, right? He is strong he's quick he's powerful and he has the best shot release in the game you know hardly ever um he's deadly especially on the power play um you know he's that that stanley cup in 2018 was well deserved it was a long time coming for him um but you know they finally got some some of the pieces around him to support him and uh they were really the best team in the league that year and he deserved to uh win the con Smythe uh, in the playoffs. Um, you know, as a Penguins fan, I hate to see Ovechkin because you know that he's going to come out and beat the crap out of your team every night. Uh, and he's going to he's gonna put his, his best foot forward every single game that he steps on the ice. So, you know, if you're going to build a team around somebody, why not it, let it be Ovechkin, you know, the best goal scorer arguably ever. So 
Darren, I'm sure you've seen both of them play. As a goalie, which one would you fear more? Uh, you always fear the shooter, I think, more than anything else. Um, you know, Vetskin, you know, he's going to shoot every time he has, every chance he has. You're just going to have to square up with him. Crosby, though, you know, you don't know if he's going to shoot or he's going to pass it off. So, you know, it, it's two different animals going on there. So I would think that, uh, you know, it's almost like uh, Gretzky Lemieux. Lemieux would shoot more than Gretzky, but you, you have to worry about everybody around Gretzky. And Crosby's the same way. Everybody around him makes him, you know, a lot harder to uh, to stop because he's got uh, some good weapons around him. Right. And ju just to your point on the shooting, uh, Ovechkin's got nine Rocket Richard wards for, you know, the goals. Crosby has two. Technically, he has one. He tied Stamkos for another one, but they it's co-champion, so he does have the two. Um, Hart trophies, you know, you got Ovechkin leading three to two. Lester B. Pearson awards, Ovechkin has three, Crosby zero. Um, and and Ovechkin has three ESPYs, you know, that is, it's kind of something, you know, if you think about it. He's also, he's the first NHL player to ever be, to win the ESPY for best male athlete. So that's, uh, that's, that's pretty huge in my opinion. Um, but Crosby gets him on the Ted Lindsay Awards. He has three of them. Ovechkin has zero. And uh, Mark Messier Awards, Crosby has two. Ovechkin has zero. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about the, the team accolades here. Brian, uh, why don't you jump into that one? Team accolades? Well, I mean, when you look at, when you look at Crosby, I mean, it obviously jumps out. Three Stanley Cups. Um, gets gets the Penguins to the playoffs uh, just about every year. Um, you can almost see, like, directly when he's out of the lineup, the team suffers. So there's just really no question about it. Sometimes they'll rally for a little while. But, I mean, I recall times where he was out. He comes he comes back in and just, you know, you can see they're just – they're totally playing different. They're totally playing with so much more confidence when he's in there. Um, Ovechkin, you know, his – and to your your point earlier, Kyle, they really didn't seem to to surround him with a with a, a great compliment. Part of that is on Ovi because he, you know, the way he is in the offensive zone, just taking charge and shooting all the time. He's not a distributor or anything like that. Um, but later on in his career, you know, he has they they found a way to um, you know to, to compliment him, get the right kind of guys around him, the right supporting cast, the right goaltender, everything that that really compliments um, uh, Cross or uh, Ovechkin and, you know, just is able to get the most out of them. And we saw that in 2018, whenever they were able to go all the way. And and to touch more on Kyle's point, something he had said earlier about, uh, you know, Ovechkin be a little more mature. I actually kind of uh, disagree with that to an extent, you know, maybe the Penguins got better quicker because Crosby, he had Mario as a mentor. He lived with Mario. He learned, you know, they played with him that his rookie year, learned from Mario how to be a leader. And I think that helped him progress a little bit quicker into that captaincy. Whereas Ovechkin, he comes in to the Capitals there. That team was in shambles when he came in. They had nobody. Um, they very, very weak team. And it took him years to, to get it together. And um, he was basically a one-man show back then. But Darren um, – Obviously, hockey, more than any other sport, wearing that C means something. Um, I'm sure you've had some great captains in your days, but can they, like, really affect the locker room and, and how people are going to go out there that night and play? I definitely do. You need a, a leader as your captain. I've had some captains that, you know, weren't, weren't really leaders, so they didn't really have the effect of – that would uh, certain captains where Crosby, you know, is a huge leader and uh, he's a class act and everybody looks up to him and, and follows a guy like that. That's the kind of guy you want as a captain. You know, um, it's really hard to give that seed to uh, as a coach to pick the right guy. But once you do pick the right guy, it's a good fit. And for Pittsburgh, it's a great fit. Absolutely. Not just your best player, but your, your class act and your leader on and off the ice. You know, people that, that, that come in, especially rookies and stuff, can look right up to. 
Right. Yeah. Right. It seems like over the years, one of the criticisms of Ovechkin has been that he hasn't really taken things. Yeah, it doesn't appear to take things as seriously as maybe he should. I mean, we we've all seen him, you know, sort of coming out, clowning around, that kind of stuff. Uh, didn't he have something where he dressed up kind of funny for like an All Star shootout or something? Or yeah, he just had sort of thing. But you never. It seems like it's all business with uh, with Crosby. Yeah. Kyle, you want to go into their head-to-head a little bit? You got any of that info? I don't have their their who's won more versus each other matchup stats. Um, you know, I've I'm an I'm a true advocate of watching the game, I guess, over the years. So I would say, you know, during my time watching these two, I I would say it's probably actually very close to fifty-fifty for for games one. Mike, I know you have those stats. What is it? <laughs> Well, let's start with the playoffs. In the playoffs, it's three to one Crosby. Okay. Uh, or pens over caps, however you want to look at it. So it's 66% of the time. Okay. Okay. And whoever won that series won the Stanley Cup that year. Okay. So that makes that, sense. That, that adds even more into it just to, to tell you how important that, that playoff series is when they play. Um, head to head, um, Crosby's pens. Got 31 wins, 19 losses, and two – well, it's not ties. What it, maybe it was ties if you go all the way back. Overtime loss, maybe. And was, yeah. was Sid in the lineup those games? That's with Sid in the lineup, yeah. Gotcha. If you take Sid out of the lineup, the games that he missed, uh, the Caps are, I think, 5-0-2 or something, some insane number. Um, but, you know, the all-important one is, is the playoff series. You know, the Penguins always had a Capitals – monkey on their back was always the penguins and when they overcame that you know it might have changed the tides there in 2018 who knows if they yeah i i think i think something that's pretty cool to look at from a team aspect is is when you look at crosby he was able to win with different cores and obetskin wasn't right and when you when you look at like the 2009 pens versus you know the the pens of 2017 2018 they're very different. And, uh, you know, to be able to lead those type of characters in, in your room uh, and, and get that many Stanley Cups, that's pretty cool, uh, especially that many years apart. I mean, a lot of people were writing the pens off, uh, and especially now. So I'm excited to see, you know, Ovechkin and Sid, I would say, are considered on the, the backside of their career. So it'll be cool to see how they keep up with the McDavid's and and the young guns of the league right now. And if we look at the win percentage of the two teams from when they came in in 2005, the Capitals are at 626, the Penguins are at 630. So so they are really, really close there, really close um, in that in that win percentage. So, um, but Mike, can you remind me again who has more cups? Is that kind all of helps when you have that Malkin with you too? It kind of yeah. helps. <laughs> it sure does. It makes it a little easier to ride. That that does, um, Darren. I, that's what I was going to ask you. As a player, I'm sure the most important thing is a Stanley Cup. But in, in, in a locker room, are you guys judging players off individual awards, or are you judging it off of the ultimate prize, the Cups won? Um. I don't think you can look at Cups one because there's been a lot of great, great players that have not won a cup. You know, if you don't have the, the team around you or if you're playing on teams that are just don't have it to ever win the cup, you kind of have to look at individual sports. You know, you play that 82 games and you play the playoffs without a cup, you still have a lot of numbers and you still work hard. There's only one team that can win it every year. And uh, especially if some teams are winning it three times in, in 10 years, you know, it doesn't give you that many more chances for other teams. So I think you got to look at uh, as an individual and as a team player. And uh, obviously, a lot of people look at cups. You look at Dave Anarchuk in, in Tampa Bay, 22 years in the league, and uh, he's remembered for being the captain of uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, not the other teams where he scored six, seven hundred goals. Right. That's a solid point. Um, so before we move into the international play, I just want to throw out this one last stat because uh, I, I did some heavy math and research on this. Um, all right, so Ovechkin right now is averaging six point or .612 goals per game. 
Okay. There was a guy named Wayne Gretzky <laughs> that averaged 0.601. Now, Gretzky had 894 goals. Ovechkin is currently at 706. But we got to remember, Ovechkin missed his rookie year. All right. So his first year in the league, he scored over 50 goals. So I'm going to be conservative and give him 40 goals in that rookie year that he didn't get. And uh, another 15 goals for the 2012 lockout and another 10 for COVID this year. So as I said, he has 706. If we add those in, that gives him 761 goals. Um, so if he were to average 40 goals a year for the next three seasons, which is highly possible, he's been putting up over 50 for years now, he would pass or be right, right there with Wayne Gretzky for most goals all time. And if he gets that, I'm not even sure if this is a show because that's the home run record there for, for hockey, in my opinion, is, is the goals. I know points is real big, of course, but uh, if, if Ovechkin gets that, he's only 35, so he's going to be sniping it. His shot's going to stay a long time. I mean, Darren mentioned Brett Hall earlier. Hall was cranking that puck till what, 38, 39, maybe even a little longer. You, you don't slow down with your shot. You might slow down with your skates, but you know, once you get in position, you know, Dave Antrick can prove that too. He couldn't yeah. skate too, too much in 22 years at the end of his career, but uh, he still got in there and still got 20 goals. So Ovechkin, you know, obviously is still a good skater, and uh, if he stays in great shape, you know, he can go as long as he stays healthy. Right. All right, so let's, let's move on to international play here. It's our, our last section before we get into our, our vote tonight. Um, Brian, why don't, why don't you uh, start with the international play? Well, I mean, the first thing you got to say is you got to talk about what they call the golden goal uh, up in Canada when, when Crosby in overtime in 2010, it was like seven, eight minutes into overtime, he's able to score the game-winning goal uh, to give the gold uh, to Canada over USA. I mean, that was just, that was, that was huge. You know, there were so many people were watching that game and that's the first thing that you think about when you think about the, uh, um, uh, you know, what happened in world play with, with Crosby. Um, also, you know, he was able to get two golds, two title goals in the winter Olympics. He was able to get one in the world championships, one in the world cup. And then we mentioned earlier, one in the, um, the world juniors. So in all those different um, all those different levels, he was able to to secure a World Cup for or a, oh, I'm sorry, gold medal for uh, for Canada. He's got a silver too. And one he did get a silver as a junior. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, with Crosby, he's known for that golden goal. Obviously, beating USA um, broke my heart. <laughs> what I will say though is when they honored the Olympians on. Uh, at the Penguins game after the Olympics, they were playing the, the Buffalo Sabres at that time. The Pittsburgh fans booed Crosby for, uh, you know, his introduction for the international team. And they, they gave a standing ovation to Ryan Miller, a uh, heck of a goalie there, uh, kept Team USA in that game. But he's definitely known for that golden goal. I think his international play is a little overrated, though, in my opinion. Um, you know, we look at 2014, he only had three points in the whole tournament. You know, he's the captain of that team. He's, you know, supposed to be the best player in the world at that point. He only puts up three points in the entire tournament. Um, you know, that that's rough. They still manage to get by because, you know, Canada has so much depth. But um, what, do, what do you think there, Kyle? Uh, I'm sure you saw the golden goal and a lot of Sid's big moments. Yeah. Uh, God, that goal crushes my soul. Uh, you know, you're – as a as a as an American, you're you're standing there. It, it's like the replay of the Russian game, where it's like we might beat the Canadians, the best team. I mean, they're so deep, right? They have so much talent. And when Sid slid that puck under his his pads, it was like, oh my gosh. Um, but you know, it, it's Darren said it earlier. You know, there's only so many championships that you can win, and when Sid wins them all. Um, it's hard to uh, it, it, it's hard to compete on the international level, right? The Olympics is only four every four years, uh, and and his supporting cast. Look at the players that, that Canada produces every year. Um, 
you know, with that said, though, you, he still wins. And there's something that a winner has inside of them. There's, there's some type of drive. Uh, you, you look at Gretzky, you look at Lemieux, you look at Sid. Uh, they all have that drive to just sort of win. And uh, it, it seems like he carries it wherever he goes. Darren, you, you were Canadian, so you're the only one who feels the opposite about that goal uh, for the Olympics, I'm sure. Well, it's always a great thing watching Canada win. But, uh, you know, I've been in America a long time, too, so I have a lot of friends that are Americans. And, you know, my allegiance was good. I could Whoever won the game, uh, I was cheering for because uh, I knew a lot of players on both teams. So. So, but yeah, being growing up in Canada, you know, watching the Olympics growing up, it was, a, you know, a huge thing. Obviously, you put the map on uh, USA hockey when the USA team won the uh, gold medal against Russia. But well, really against Russia, I guess it was against everybody. But yeah, they won it. <laughs> but it, it changed the whole atmosphere of uh, hockey in America. And when I went to uh, college and 83, you know, was just coming just off of that. And it was a huge difference of uh, players that were actually starting to pick up the game in, in the United States of America. Yeah, and, and I've always felt like winning a gold in hockey in, in Canada is going to be a lot bigger than winning the, winning the gold here in America. Now, if, if uh, the United States won a gold in football, that would be the equivalent in my point, in my perspective. You know, if they had a gold medal for football, that, you know, that that's what hockey is to Canada. It's it's it's, it's the sport. Yeah, exactly. It's the sport. But per capita, there's probably enough uh, USA fans to, uh, to uh, for millions of people, you know, Canada's a lot smaller. So uh, you still have the same kind of uh, following, I think, in America, just, uh, just grounded out by the NFL and the NBA. Yeah. So let's uh, we'll look at Ovechkin here. Um, his international stats. Um, I think it's good to point out that uh, in 2014 he was the official ambassador for Russia. He started the running of the Olympic torch. Um, you know that's one of the highest honors I, I think an athlete can get. Um, he's got four golds in the World Championships, four silvers, and five bronzes. So. He's played a lot more internationally, but that's usually because the Capitals have been knocked out of the playoffs <laughs> sooner than the Penguins. And I'm not saying that as a knock. I'm just saying that Crosby hasn't been eligible as much to play in those, uh, let's say, summer games, I guess we would call them. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely not a knock, though. Um, Kyle, with uh, Ovechkin, he's had some some rough times in the Olympics on those Russian teams. Um you know, do you see any reason for that? Like, they they got all the talent in the world. Uh, yeah, it just seems like they, they always run into a bigger, better team, unfortunately. Um, you know, they he's been surrounded by some great Russian hockey players. It's not like Russia has put together some scrub teams. They've been very, very talented. Um it, it, it just seemed like Canada had more of a team mentality. I don't know if it's something that's, you know, youth hockey maybe, where, you know, in Canada, every kid is taught the same way, where in Russia maybe it's a little bit different. I'm not sure. Uh, but it just seems like there's more camaraderie between the teams. They seem to jive a little bit better as a Canadian uh, whenever you just come together, you know, for that once-a-year opportunity. Darren, have you played on that international ice? Like the, the bigger uh, I played on a bigger ice, yeah. Yeah. How, how, as a goalie, as a goalie how, how, does, how does that affect you as a goalie? It gives you a little more time, I think. You know, as a goalie, things are wider and, you know, you can protect the net a lot better, I think. But things happen a little bit slower on the big ice because uh, you can recover on the big ice because, you know, guys are going wider. And, and I just I just think it gives you just a split second uh, more on the big ice than it does, especially growing up playing in the old odd and the old Boston Garden. There were tiny rinks and everything was on top of you right away. 
we uh, we had Sean Poding on a show one time, and he said he hated playing on those rinks because if he wanted to check somebody, he'd have to drive drive them for like twenty yards to get to the boards. You know, yeah, you can't get them. Yeah, yeah. everybody can go around people, so you just narrow everything narrows in. Tries to keep everybody the outside, so it gives you a little more time. Brian, uh, any? Oh, go ahead, Kyle. I was going to ask, what out of all the arenas you played in, you know, what was your least favorite? And then on the opposite side of that, where'd you like playing? Uh, least favorite and most favorite, probably the same one, Chicago uh, Stadium, the old Chicago Stadium. It was great playing in there. But, you know, you'd be in the dress room, and the dress rooms are all underneath these stands, so you're like, they're stomping, and they know you're underneath there. So the fans are just stomping on top of you, and you think the place is just going to cave in on top of you. <laughs> but uh, what a great what a great uh, national anthem in there, and just – you didn't have butterflies going in there with that national anthem and people stomping and they're just right on top of you. You could never get butterflies. <laughs> um, Brian, is there anything you want to add on, on Ovechkin with that international? I mean, the thing that jumps out is, is being shut out of medals in the Olympics, you know, just not even the medal and, and all that. That's, that's saying something. I mean, that you Russia traditionally has, you know, a top five team, at least most time top three team. Uh, when you look at like the rosters and the talent and, and so, you know, for Ovechkin not to be able to come through there is kind of a black mark on his uh, legacy in international play. Okay. Well, before we go to our vote, it's time for our trivia question. Um, so trivia question for a prize. You must be a member of the legacy battle Facebook group to win. So please join prior winners are ineligible at this time. Got to answer all parts of the question. Put your answer in the comment section. First one to get it all right. We'll get the prize in the mighty ducks movie franchise. What number does Emilio Estevez wear in the minors and name the six NHL hall of famers that made an appearance in the franchise? If you get all that right, we'll get your prize mailed out to you. Good, good luck on that one, guys. <laughs> Remember, there was more than one movie for the Ducks. <laughs> That's why I said franchise. So that'll give you a little uh, tip on, on the second part of that question. So, all right, let's move on to our vote between Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin. Uh, Brian, you are in the top corner there. So uh, we'll start with you. Go ahead. Who are you picking? Uh, when when I look at uh, when I look at Ovechkin, I mean he's a pure sniper. Um, he's got one of the greatest, I think, overall presence in, in the offensive zone. Uh, Kyle kind of uh, alluded to it about you know just getting himself set up for such a great shot all the time. Um, he arguably has the best shot ever. And 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 one thing we didn't mention is that he is he's a solid hitter. I mean he is not afraid, even though he's an offensive guy to lay down the wood and take somebody out. So, you know, that's very impressive. Um, when you look at Crosby, what stands out is, uh, number one is his leadership. I mean, the Mark Messier awards are, are you know, speak for themselves. Um, the team seems to feed off of the energy that he gives. Um, his body position, uh, I think, is maybe second to none that I've ever seen anybody play. Just the way he's, I mean, he's always got his legs working. He's always finding those right angles, you know, in order to get himself in, in a position to either make the save or, 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 or back check or whatever it is that he's doing, but his body position is amazing. Um, so all in all, I think that the better score is definitely uh, Ovechkin. I don't think there's any question there, but I think that the overall better player um, in this argument is Sidney Crosby. Okay. Kyle, go ahead. God, and it sucks because I'm from Pittsburgh. I'm so biased. Um, you know, obviously, I think the the end game answer for me is going to be Sidney Crosby is going to be the player I take if I'm starting a franchise to build around. Uh, you know, ultimately, though, if I need a goal scored, I'm going to throw Alexander Ovechkin into the mix every single time. Uh, I, I don't even think Crosby comes to mind for me whenever you're there's a minute and 30 seconds left in the game the goalie's pulled you know who's scoring that goal I'm definitely looking at Alexander Ovechkin to take that shot every single time to score that goal if you're down one to either tie it up or wherever it is to get your team back into it um but I I, I definitely have to go with Sid I mean the championships alone 
Uh, he's a team player. And you feel that, uh, you know, Darren mentioned it, a leader can, can sway a room. And whenever you have somebody who's that dedicated to what they do, it bleeds to the rest of the team. And, and for me, that's, that's Sid. He's the, he's the ultimate team player. Uh, but if, you know, if I'm taking one person to get me 100 goals next year, I'd probably take Ovechkin. All right, two for Crosby. So, I mean, they made Crosby the face of the NHL. You know, all that pressure was put on him. And he, he's lived up to the hype. You know, you come in, people say you're the next Gretzky. You could really, you could really tank um, at, from that pressure, but he, he didn't. Um, I remember um, uh, Alexander Dag or Dago, Alexander Dag. Yeah, he came in, a lot of pressure on him. And, and unfortunately, you know, he went to Ottawa and uh, just barely, you know, couple years in from their expansion they were not a very good team and it, it really just crushed his confidence and and played a long nice career um for sure but you know never blossomed into what was expected there were comparisons of him even to Mario at that time so Crosby definitely stood up to that pressure you know Ovechkin it's like Kyle said I, I personally believe Ovechkin is the greatest goal scorer in NHL history um I'm putting him above Gretzky. I think if he had all those extra games that he should add, he's going to be right up there. Um, he can snipe it better than anyone. We've been saying that all night. Like, really, all of us have agreed that he's the best sniper around. You know, just some things about him. He has the Caps' first ever shootout goal. Um, he's got a rap album in Russia. If you hadn't heard that yet, you got a YouTube uh, Ovechkin raps. Hilarious. Uh, he's actually he's actually pretty good. I, I was shocked by that. Um, if you if you have me as a Facebook friend, I I posted that on my Facebook because it was just that good. Um, but you know, and just he gets a bad rap a lot from people. You know, they they think he's like unfriendly or or, or just like unapproachable, but he's, he's really not. Um, you know, he buys eight tickets every game for soldiers and needy children. Um, He's just—he's a really good guy from what I, everything I've seen, and but comparing the two is really hard to do. Sports Illustrated ranks Crosby as the eighth greatest hockey player. This was in 2017, and they had Ovechkin at 22, so it was before Ovechkin's cup. Um, and then 2018, the greatest legend of hockey has Crosby at 17 and Ovi at 34. So I mean, they're—they're they're in the ballpark of each other as far as that goes. But the show is called Legacy Battle. And if I'm going to pick who has the better legacy, it's going to be Sidney Crosby because he has the legacy of being the face of the NHL. You know, it was Gretzky, it was Mario, and then, you know, there was probably Yager there for a little while. And it's pretty much been Sidney Crosby ever since. Like, you could say Connor McDavid's starting to get there, but he's it's still Sidney Crosby's league. So I'm going to go with Crosby as well. Darren, are you going to break this sweep or – or are you going to take Crosby too? Uh, I don't think I can break the sweep. Um, you know, Ovechkin for entertainment value and going to a game, you know, there's no better player in the NHL to go watch. You know, as a, as a spectator to watch him, you, you follow him, you know, he, he stands out when you watch a game. You know when he's on the ice. You're aware of it. You know, where Sidney Crosby, you know, he can, can hide a little bit out there and uh, – you're not really aware of him until the puck's in the net. He's kind of like uh, a, a quiet leader on the ice where, you know, he, he, he doesn't, to me, he wasn't like a Lemieux where, he, you know, you know Mario's out there, blah, blah, blah. But Crosby, at the end of the night, you know, he's got three, four points, and you didn't even know that he did. So on, on, a, on that kind of value, uh, Crosby, you know, kind of stays in the weeds for me where Veskin's more of an entertainer, but as a leader and as a franchise, and obviously he saved Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm pretty sure Pittsburgh was up for sale when, before he got drafted to Pittsburgh and uh, there's a lot of talk of them moving the team and uh, they drafted him and that all changed. They got a new arena. They, they changed the whole aspect of Pittsburgh Penguin hockey. You know, they got very fortunate in Pittsburgh because they, they had it done to them twice once with Mario and then with Sydney. So as a franchise saver and as a face of the NHL and uh, being Canadian and, and being partial to Canadians, uh, it's definitely 
Sidney Crosby uh, in my book. There it is. Sidney uh, Crosby 4 0 over Alexander Ovechkin. All right, we're gonna we've been asking Darren questions all night, um, of course, but we're we're gonna just ask him a few more here before we head off. Um, I'm gonna ask the first one. Uh, normally, we have a guy here named Brett, and he really wanted me to ask you this question. Um, you want to know, like, basically how hard it was coming to Tampa. You know, one a team that only had one year in the league before you got here. And you know, what kind of pressure was it for you to have to take over the reins of basically an expansion team? Um, well, I was in Buffalo as a Saber and uh, was playing there. I got traded in February, actually just the uh, day after the Super Bowl, which makes it easy to remember, to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And we made a great run in Toronto. I lived uh, two blocks from Maple Leaf Gardens. It was great. We had a great time. We had a run uh, through the playoffs. We lost to a guy named Gretzky in Game 7, you know, scored another one of his hat tricks, of course. Uh, playing the LA Kings, we were up three to two. You know, we would have shut down Canada. It would have been uh, Montreal, Toronto final. You know, you're, I was in the mecca of hockey. You know, you're a Hollywood star playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs in Canada. And then, uh, then the expansion draft uh, was the second expansion draft with Florida Panthers, and they picked me up. But they had already worked out a deal with uh, with Tampa. So I was heading to Tampa, and Toronto was trying to keep me. So it was kind of like this was Toronto's like the best teams they've had in years. So it was tough to, to leave the Maple Leafs and, and come to Tampa. But uh, uh, the pressure went from, you know, tenfold to like nothing, really. You come to Tampa, and nobody knew what hockey was. You just came down here, and you just played. And they didn't care if you won or lost. They are just kind of all new to hockey, and they really didn't know what it was. So um, coming down here, compared to playing Toronto Buffalo, there was no pressure. Uh, we went out there. We had a bunch of guys, really good guys, and we worked our butts off. But, uh, you know, the talent level, it took a while after that. We, you know, we had a lot of losing seasons to get enough uh, number one picks so we could uh, build the franchise. Were, were you playing in the baseball stadium then, the Trop? Yeah. yeah wow. I, they played in the old – well, the good story was that I was a way team going into the old fairgrounds when they were playing the first year. and. It's at maybe 10,000, which were great seats for the NHL. But, uh, you know, it was kind of mind-boggling when you're, you're uh, getting dressed and the elephants are uh, standing right next to you as you're getting dressed for an NHL hockey game because there was not enough room in the dressing room. So we were dressing outside in 90-degree heat in, in Tampa, Florida, going, okay, this is the NHL. Hmm, okay. But then when I came down in the baseball stadium, it was, uh, you know, they were packing the place with 19, 20,000 instead of the 10,000. It was growing. Uh, it was a little difficult playing the baseball stadium because you lose uh, a lot of your atmosphere uh, with the tall ceiling in there. But it was fun yeah. for the fans because they had like a carnival atmosphere. Um, you know, they had like a circus on the other side of the arena. They had so much room inside the baseball stadium that they could uh, entertain all the kids. So they, they really. Bill and Tony Esposito did a great job of, you know, starting the fan base. Brian, go ahead. Well, I've been wanting to ask you this question um, for a long time now. Your first game in the NHL, you go against the Edmonton Oilers, and you're able to stop the great one, not once, not twice, but three times. So can you tell us about what that was like in that first game against Edmonton? Uh, I think the, the Jim Schaufel was the coach of Buffalo at the time, and we were on a three-game uh, road trip out in the west coast of Canada, which, you know, Calgary was a great team. Edmonton was a great team. Vancouver was a great team. But uh, Edmonton, obviously, they won four Stanley Cups in five years. That was probably the only year they didn't – that was the only year that they didn't win the Cup because of uh, an odd go, I think, uh, from behind the net, uh, kind of caused them to, to lose that year. But uh, – you know, they just threw me to the wolves. You know, we're going to lose the game anyway, so let's throw the kid in there and see, see what happens. And, uh, I had played them in the preseason, so luckily I had a little bit of uh, knowledge, of, you know, maybe a little bit of confidence going in there. But uh, I was walking downtown Edmonton, you know, usually go for a pregame nap. I was not doing a pregame nap. I couldn't sleep. I was pacing down in Edmonton, down the city of Edmonton, you know, on the way to go see Gretzky and Messier and Curry and coffee and it was one after another probably I think maybe the greatest team ever assembled especially for that day I think maybe 
was if you look at the raw talent of each player. So they basically threw me the wolves and uh, very fortunate that, you know, I just had a good night. Kyle, go ahead. Yeah, I think for me, you know, I, I grew up in, uh, you know, Troy Loney was a coach of mine and, you know, I, I learned a lot from him, uh, you know, and, it, it the hockey community is so small. If if there was something you could suggest to a young player uh, about the game, you know, what would you give them as advice today uh, for for hockey? Um, you know, for me, that advice I, I couldn't replace that ever in my life. What was the advice he gave you? <laughs> it was always <laughs> punch first. <laughs> oh, yeah, so the first punch. <laughs> those days are behind us I think I don't think it's happening too much this day you gotta have fun you gotta go out there and have fun and enjoy the game there's too many uh, people that get into the game that, that they're just not having fun you gotta go out and have fun winning and losing doesn't really matter off the bat you gotta go out and learn the game and have fun at the game and if you're lucky enough to, to get surrounded by good players you're gonna win a lot more than the other teams but you got to go out and enjoy enjoy what it is. It's you know it's a tough sport to master. It really is. You know, you got to have all kinds of athletic ability to play the game and play it at a high level. So the first thing you do is you go out there and have fun and, and you practice, 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 practice makes perfect. And I think you know if you're having fun at it and fun in practice, it'll translate into games for these kids. You got time for one more each? Sure. I don't know where to go. Good, Brian. Okay. Uh, well, I understand that your older cousin uh, is Ralph Backstrom, uh, who played for a couple decades uh, with Montreal and I think another Los Angeles. Um, did Did you guys talk like whenever you first became a player? Did Did he give you any any advice or anything? Uh, you know, he won I think five or six Stanley Cups, and I think it was five. I was, uh, you know, which was unbelievable with Montreal Canadiens. Uh, you know, he grew up in the same town as I did. And back then, Kirkland Lake, Ontario, Canada, it was a mecca for hockey players going to the NHL. I think per capita, we still have more than any. And I was kind of one of the last ones. I think there was one after me. But for a while there, it was a gold mining town, and there were some great hockey players that came out of that town. Um, a good story was he was the head coach at Denver University, and I was going to college. I was coming on, I wasn't going to go play junior. I was going to play uh, college hockey. So I went on a recruiting trip to uh, RPI Engineers in Troy, New York. And I went on a recruiting trip to Denver University. And since I was a youngster, you know, my cousin's the head coach there. I'm, I'm going to Denver. You know, he wants me to go there. So I go out there and I meet with the dean of engineering. I was going to take an engineering uh, uh, background. And my whole family has a lot of engineers in it, so that's what I was going to do. And I met with the dean, and he goes, of engineering, he goes, uh, we're not going to let you play. You know, it's too tough a schedule. We're not going to let you take engineering and, and play for the team. So, you know, here, here's my cousin, the head coach, and I'm at RPI, and RPI is going, it's an engineering school, and I go, yeah, we have a bunch of guys on the team that are engineers. Uh, we welcome you to come here and, and be an engineer and, and be our goalie. So, it was a really tough phone call I had to make out of Kirkland Lake, Ontario to Denver, you know, because I was going to Denver, period. And I changed my mind after going on the recruiting tip to, trip to RPI. So um, we didn't really have a, a good following uh, after that phone call. It just really, uh, you know, I, I still talked to him, but, you know, he was very disappointed that I didn't go to uh, Denver and be the goalie there. So, uh, but before that, you know, we got along really good. And the advice was, you know, you got to have fun. You got to have fun in the game. You got to enjoy it. But it doesn't last very long, even though you played 20 some years. It just goes by so quick. And I played 15, and it just, you know, I'm 20 years out of the NHL. It just goes by really quick. Right. Man, it's been 20 years. Wow. That that makes me feel like, I, you know, I had you on my, right? yeah. yeah. Well, no, no. I, mean, I, I had you on my wall when, you know. <laughs> Kyle, go, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so it's a two-part question. First is, are you still playing any pickup hockey and playing goaltender anymore? And, uh, you um, know, the – Well, let's start with the one because I'll forget both of you. Do. Let's do one <laughs> at a time. 
Uh, I actually put the pads on last year. I did an alumni game for the Buffalo Sabres last year, the first time in 19 years. You know, I didn't, I uh, went through my old equipment that was sitting in my attic and uh, it wasn't good. So I had to go out and borrow a bunch of stuff from uh, different people I knew around the league. And I finally got a set of equipment together and uh, it was good. I went out to Buffalo and played an alumni game. I still got the equipment. I'm still ready to go. It's just, it's been shut down with the coronavirus. But uh, once we can again, I, I'm going to still play. It was wonderful being out there. I uh, flew all my kids in. Uh, they they don't remember me playing because they were too young when I was in the NHL and they got to see me and my wife and everybody was out up there and I had a bunch of people from Buffalo, you know, playing for the Sabres and uh, and, and friends and family actually at the game. So it was kind of neat for me because my kids never have seen me uh, play. So I put equipment on. It wasn't the uh, same quality as it was when I was in the NHL, but it was fun. Good, Cal. What's part two? Part two, what do you think is one of the biggest differences for goaltenders today versus what you faced when you were playing? Um, you know, whether it's, you know, pads being a little bit different, sticks being different, um, you know, some of those elements that a goalie sort of thinks of. You know, I play defense, so I look at the game completely different than a goaltender does. So um, what are some of those things that you see as, as big differences between now and, and, and when you were playing for a goaltender? Well, when I started, we, you know, we had one set of pads, really. like Maybe had like two manufacturers of pads, so I had brown pads, and they were the hot item back then. But they'd weigh, and they, they had horse hair in them, and they weighed, by the end of the game, maybe 20 pounds. You know, the equipment they have on today with the, the pads and, and the upper body equipment, it's so much lighter and more protective. You, know, you don't go home bruised like I used to, you know, every day. You know, there wasn't that great of equipment. There wasn't that many manufacturers of goalie equipment. So we were kind of stuck with stuff that wasn't now. Nowadays, it's, uh, you know, it's designed so much better. Their upper body stuff is so big. You know, they have limitations on their goalie pads, but their upper bodies, you know, these guys are blocking the whole net with their upper bodies because they're on their knees. So everything kind of covers the, the top corners. You look back at when we played and what they're playing now, um, you just, they just cover a lot more net with the equipment than we did. Darren, did you ever, did you ever have a face mask that was like molded to your face or did you actually have the helmet whenever you were playing as a kid? As a kid, uh, true story. I'd go in the basement. My dad put a straw in my mouth, put some tin foil over it and uh, start laying the fiberglass. <laughs> you layer, layer after layer, layer, and you know you got this fiberglass, and you don't have any holes in it yet, but you have a straw, just one little hole, so you can breathe as he's laying fiberglass. And that was my first mask. And he he actually was a goalie, and he played back when he didn't have masks, so he started without them. So this was a big deal when we had a mask, but that was the only mask we had. There was no helmet or anything. He just put that fiberglass mask on with a little uh, a padding in it. Didn't really do much for you, but it was better than nothing. But when I was like 13, he made me put a helmet on, and I was devastated. Goalies don't wear helmets. Goalies don't uh, put that stuff on. So that was a big day for me. I was not happy when he made me wear a helmet. But looking back at it, it was pretty smart. What a thought. You uh, you mentioned uh, playing that Buffalo alumni game. I hope we get you in a, in a Lightning alumni game here at some point. Uh, I'm, looking I'm ready to go to as soon as we get it back on the ice again. Awesome. So we'll get you out of here on this question. Um, you kind of answered it, so I'm going to change it a little bit. You'd mentioned um, Mario Lemieux as being like maybe the player you kind of would fear the most uh, back in your day. But so I'll ask this then. You played with a lot of Hall of Famers, Pat LaFontaine. We mentioned Phil Housley, uh, Doug Gilmore. Uh, McGillney should be in, but he's not. That's another conversation for another day. Um, you know, Brian Bellows was a very solid player. Who do you feel was the best player that, that you played with on the ice? Well, that's a tough question. There are so many great players, you know. Um, each year is a different year. Some pe people would have great years some years, and some years they wouldn't have great years. Um, you can't really narrow it down to one. Pat LaFontaine was a great player, you know. Playing with uh, McGillney and Howard Chuck was a great player. And uh, I was lucky enough to have Gilbert Perot as a teammate. My first year, there's just one after another, another great players back then that, that I had a fortune to play with. You know, Denny Savard is another guy that I got 
the tail end of his career, you know, just different guys. Wendell Clark was a, you know, fortunate enough to play with him. Just a different kind of player, you know. Just there's just way too many. I probably play with five, six hundred different players over 15 years. It's really hard to uh, narrow down a, a few. Okay. Well, we want to thank Darren Pupa for joining us tonight. Um, just honored to have you here. As I said that earlier, but. Really meant a lot to me. Um, you know, you were one of the, the goalies that I kind of looked up to, for sure. Um, you know, I got two best goaltending trophies for roller hockey, if that means anything. But uh. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's hard to do. It's hard to move on those roller skates when you're being a goalie. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was really great having you here. I just, you know, all of us are really thankful for you coming on, joining us. Um, I want to remind everybody to, uh, if you need a realtor. In the Tampa Bay area, go to teampupa.com. These guys probably get you a pretty nice house or sell your house or, or whatever you may need. So um, oh, yeah, absolutely. check out that website. Uh, we want to thank everyone who's, who's been watching. Uh, please remember to join the Facebook group page and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And, uh, you know, we'll be continuing to post shows and, and uh, hopefully uh, everybody will keep watching. So everyone have a great night. And uh, God bless. So. Thanks, Darren. All right. so thank, thank you. you Darren. It was fun. Night.